Welcome to the Marketplace Missionaries Podcast. My name is Donnie Swanepoel, and I'm here with my good friend Kai Jeans and our special guest today, Zeke Tanner. Welcome, man. Thanks hey, for having me. Hey, no problem. Really glad to have you here, Zeke. If you if you don't mind, just take a minute or two. Let's let's hear about who you are and let the audience know. Yeah, uh, I'm Zeke Tanner, born and raised here in Little Rock, Arkansas. Dogtown boy, but went to school in Little Rock, so a little bit all over the place. I've got a wife and a one-year-old now, which is it's been a crazy year, and I am in real estate. That's awesome, man. Congrats on being a new dad. And so how's that transition been? <laughs> it has been crazy, but I have an amazing wife, which makes it much, much easier. It's been good. I've, uh, I think I've been relatively prepared because... We this is our first kid and we are a little bit older. Yeah. So, you know, I think there was a certain level of expectations that some people maybe don't realize going into it, but I felt pretty pretty in place, honestly. That's awesome. <laughs> okay, so how many diapers have you changed thus far? So I have to say in the first month, I think it changed like two. I was legitimately oh scared <laughs> to hurt the baby. That uh Man, that first month or two, they're so fragile that I I, I just couldn't do it. Yeah. <laughs> it was nuts. Okay, so the first month, only two. What yeah, are you up to now? After, after that, definitely more normal. Uh, I have an awesome routine. My wife, Randy, leaves at like 645. And then I usually watch her for an hour every morning, which has like become my favorite thing to do every day. You want to talk about getting up and getting going. You know, have a one-year-old at your feet, and I mean, there's nothing like it. There really isn't. I love it. That's so cool. Uh, Zeke and I went to Arkansas State University together and uh, took a couple of finances classes. But then the really cool thing is your mom, Becky, uh, helped Rachel and I buy this house. I mean, this is our first house, and so your mom, uh, she was our real estate agent and got us this awesome house, and so... You obviously grew up in a house that, you know, uh, you saw a lot of real estate, heard a lot of real estate. So kind of walk us through just your upbringing and then kind of what did that look like day in and day out for you? Yeah, so my parents got into real estate probably when I was like nine. But, um, you know, when you're doing a lot of volume, it is definitely a part of your life. But the one thing that I thought was cool is a lot of people try to separate you know, work life balance. And they didn't really do that. It was kind of all incorporated. So even by the time I was like 10, my parents would having me label cookies. Cause my mom hands out cookies to everybody. And same thing after school, a lot of times we just go do door hangers. So me and my brother would be hanging on to the side of the car, just literally she's driving down the road and we're just hanging these things on doors. <laughs> and, uh, it was kind of great. Even growing up, I even though my parents were super busy, they were always around because in the house we lived in, we had like a thousand square foot basement. And at one point there was like six or seven people working down there. And so I loved it. I'd just go down there and hang out with them, even if it was at their feet, you know. Mm. So it was a really cool experience growing up in it. Even though I also said I would never get into real estate. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, at the turns have tabled, man. I know, so, man. Um Along with growing up, like with the real estate and the work being in your household, like what what was your faith journey 
growing up? Yeah, so I I grew up in church and kind of full circle. It's kind of nuts because I uh, I'm actually going back to the church I went to when I was a little kid, and my children's pastor is actually he's been the head pastor now probably for twenty twenty five years, but he's he my children's pastor is now the head pastor at the church I'm at. Um, but we we uh growing up we were really involved in that church, and then. I kind of kind of had a, a unique situation because my parents, we lived in deep North Little Rock, but I went to school in West Little Rock. And so they kind of made the executive decision to go to fellowship when it was beside PA. Mm. And uh, they just thought it was good for, the, you know, me continuing to grow my faith and be around other people trying to get that, you know, camaraderie and fellowship. Um. But I think as we got older, we probably just weren't as connected, um, quote, within the church, um, just because of, honestly, time constraints. Um, living that far away from people you're trying to stay close to, you know, it can be difficult. It takes a lot of time, energy, and effort and commitment. Um, but my parents were definitely very faith-based and... At a young age, I can remember asking Jesus into my heart. And obviously, you know, we, as a child, you have certain things that you realize over the years. And it's like, even right now, I continue to learn new and new things that God's teaching me every day, especially with a one-year-old. (laughs) So kind of, you mentioned you went to to school in West Little Rock. Mm -hmm. Which school did you you go to? And then what did that look like, high school-wise specifically? Yeah, so I I would say high school was kind of tough. You know, we continue to tell ourselves stories, whether they're they're false or true, like our perceptions are reality. And for me, honestly, in high school, I didn't feel like I was really good at anything. And I kind of continued to tell myself that story for years, probably until my senior year, because especially at PA, everything's about sports. Mm-hmm. And so I started playing football in seventh grade, but I stood on the sideline for six or seven years. And so for a young man not succeeding in sports, you know, that can be hard, especially when everyone around you says that that's the most important thing. You know, if you're not good at that, then, you know, what are you there for? Um, but I think one thing that, that God taught me through all that, and I still to this day think about it because – I took the weight room and work of I'm going to do everything I can. I'm going to continue to put in my time. Um, and then with the chance of maybe one day, you know, succeeding. And I, I still, I can remember my little brother was always phenomenal. I mean, just just a killer on the field since he was a little kid. But I think the one thing that I really learned from all that, that God really taught me was that like, you know, the fruit doesn't always happen immediately. And so, you know, I can remember all those years telling my parents, you know, I wanted to quit and they continued to just encourage me. They're like, you know, whatever you're going through right now, that, you know, you're learning something, God's teaching you something. And out of the blue, I mean, I, I kind of started a little bit on and off my junior year, but going into my senior year, uh, ended up getting all state, set the state sack record, still hold it to the day. Hallelujah. 
That's and awesome. uh, and then got to go to the you know all star game, all that kind of stuff. Um, but I I think what it really really taught me was just that you know things don't happen immediately, and you may never see the fruit, but it's that development that occurs through it that's really the it's 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 the journey that ends up really mattering. So you feel like football was really a vehicle to build your character and really setting you up for the future as well by teaching you some of those early principles of hard work, being a student, having perseverance. What about some some obstacles you faced during your time in high school? Yeah, I mean, to be honest, high school seems so, so long ago. But, you know, I think a lot of the things I probably – I know I struggled with, you know, the similar things of everyone. It's like, you know, what's my identity? Who am I? You know, what what am I here for? Um, especially, especially when you don't think you're good at anything or you don't realize you are. I think that's most of it. People telling their, you know, telling themselves a story that may or may not be true. Um, yeah, I would, I would definitely just, I would just encourage anyone in high school that like, man, it's so early in life. Just continue to explore things that you are interested in. Um, I mean, I, I, I got to reference my brother here just because, you know, he's been he's been farming now for like eight years. And in this last like six months, he's started to see some wild success of all those seeds he's planted, mm-hmm. you know. And it's, it's exciting and encouraging uh, to see somebody succeed. Um. Yeah. That's awesome, man. Yeah. One, thanks for sharing that piece. Like, you know, especially just the years of working, working, working and not seeing any fruit. Like, but I really like what you said about your parents, like, encouraging you through that. That's like something when I have kids, like, I need to hone in on and, like, give it to my kids. Like, hey, there is a lesson you've got to be learning right now. Like, the Lord doesn't have you in this space for no reason. I think even, like, now, like, me and Donnie were talking about it, it's like, you know, in the waiting game, like, I think we can feel like, or at least I didn't say this to Donnie before, before Donnie was like, oh, we didn't say that. But, like, I can feel like in my waiting game sometimes, like, oh, what, the not the Lord's silent on me, but it's like, oh, man, am I making any traction? So, yep. that's really encouraging. I think I need to hear that today. Like, you know, yeah, keep planting the seeds and it'll come through. So, after high school, like, what did you go to college? Like, what was the progression after that? Yeah, so I actually I met Donnie at Arkansas State, and I got plugged in with a group there that was phenomenal and helped me continue to grow my faith. I mean, college and you know getting out of high school can be just a another huge transitional period in a kid's life. Same thing, you're trying to figure out what do I want to do with my life, and. My freshman year of high school, my dad had died of cancer, and so I had kind of gone through a year or two of just, you know, what in the world is life about? Hmm. You know, I, I probably, I probably understood it pretty well, and I, I tried to frame it in a mind of like, you know, this is all part of God's plan. But man, there's just a lot of anger and sadness that occurs from when a close family member dies. And I had a few guys that really took me under my wing in college. And I think back now, I probably didn't even realize and appreciate that God had put in the, put those guys in my life. Um, but it, it did t- taught me a lot, even through college, of like, 
same thing is like I'd gone through where like work or nothing, you know. If you're if you're not here to achieve my goal, also then you know get out of my way because that's that's really all I'm trying to do here. But it did kind of open me up of hey man, life's short. Like relationships matter. You know, I can even remember when my dad knew he didn't have much long time to live. Like he wasn't thinking about work. He was just like, I just want to hang out. Let's like let's go do something. Um, by then, he didn't really have enough energy to do that. Um, but that's all he wanted to do. He just he wanted to be in a relationship. Um, but, yeah, going into college, I, I knew from the get-go. I'd actually already gotten my real estate license in high school. But, of course, my dad was like, no, I don't really want you to just jump right into this. So go to college, kind of fill some things out, and you may be interested in something other than real estate. And I think he, you know, in his mind, he, I, I think that was a wise choice. I had a lot of growing up I needed to do. And I think, I think college can, can be a good place for that if used in the right ways, you know. Um, I got really plugged into a fraternity. So um, I graduated in three years, so it was a little bit shorter for me. Um, same thing, like, even though I'd kind of gone through, like, you know, more relationships and just kind of thinking, okay, there's more to life than just grinding 24-7 also. But I had a big vision, and so I knew the only way that was going to occur is if I graduated faster. <laughs> um, going back to the season, you know, the hard season of losing your dad, how did that season impact, one, your relationship with God, and then, two, uh, your faith. I mean, how did that look like day to day? Yeah, so I know a lot of people, when someone dies, uh, they just completely turn away. And I wouldn't say that there was a point where, like, I didn't believe in God anymore, because I know that happens in a lot of young men's life. But uh, I'd actually been given a book, Fathered by God, by EJ. And it was, I still read it probably once a year. Um, because it's, it's just talking about the masculine journey and, you know, wounds that are occurred. And it really opened up to my eyes to even some wounds that I'd never even dealt with in the past on top of losing my dad. Mm. Um, you know, most of our wounds are typically given from our parents because they're not perfect, but we have a, a heavenly father that is, and that can help us through the hard times. So what, what advice would you give to, you know, a young college student that, you know, has wounds from a dad or, or a parent? How would you kind of counsel them through those and what steps can they take to help them get through that? You know, you know I know everybody's different, um, but I mean, I, I, I do think that, you know, leaning in, and reading scripture and and books are probably you know not everybody may not have a mentor that they can go sit down and talk to but i would highly encourage them to seek out someone i mean there's a lot of people within your circle that would they would be thrilled for you to say hey i'd like to pick your brain i mean man it's it's so rewarding when somebody comes to you and says I need help. And yeah, there's going to be people that they're going to, they're not going to give you the time of day. 
Um, and that's why I think the books and Bible and, you know, those venues like that are phenomenal. I mean, shoot, podcasts just like this, just being able to listen and absorb knowledge and potentially be able to avoid dangers that occur, you know, throughout your life that you're going to experience and the potential of, you know, being able to avoid those things. Yeah, it's really awesome that you even mentioned that because however many guest number you are, everyone has said one of the most influential things and best things that a young man or woman can do in their life is find a mentor. And I just think that's just a really cool point that you point out. Like, hey, you know, find a mentor, avoid pitfalls. I mean, that's what I did with Donnie. Donnie's helped me just ramp up to speed way past my age. Um, so, man, I really like that point you make there. So that's awesome. Yeah. So tell us about your, your time in a fraternity, man. It kind of, from the outside looking in, you know, it sounds like a lot of partying. It sounds like some wild time. So if you don't mind, kind of just walk us through that. Uh, also, what fraternity were you in? First? I was a Lambda Chi. Ah, yep. nice. I was a SIG, so okay. right across the bridge. So, which, which one is the best, SIG or Lambda Chi? <laughs> There's no the question, man. We could argue this all day. Yeah, I rushed Pike on two occasions. On two occasions. <laughs> did you really? I did. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Cool. Yeah. All the, all the athletes, man, went, went and rushed Pike at A-State. That is valid. It is true. That, that is a valid point. So we we tried to go after a few athletes, but I can remember at one point I just gave up and I said, "Y'all, let's just quit wasting our time." They're going pike. That's how I was. I had one basketball player that I was like, "Oh, this guy's definitely going sig," and then he was like, "No, nah, I'm gonna go pike." I was like, "Yeah, I'm." We're out on the athletes. I wasted my time on a few athletes because I can remember. I mean, not wasting my time, but I can just remember like you know doing the hard press mm-hmm. and. Next thing you know, last second, the night before, they're like, hey, man, I just, you know, I really like you, and we've had good times, but I've got a better girlfriend over here. So, <laughs> so was it was it hard for you living out your faith as a Lambda Chi? Because, I mean, if you think of it, like, it just seems like, you know, most frats party all the time. It's wild. It's crazy living. There is no question. You're in college. There is a lot of partying, 100%. But the one thing, and not everybody has that same experience, but, man, I I had a lot of guys that when my dad did die, they really took me under my wing. And so I'm not going to say they were 100% good influence, but they definitely the good outweighed the bad. Um, there's no perfect organization because men, you know, are imperfect. But, um, man, I just had a lot of guys that encouraged me, that were there for me. And, man, a lot of them really became like family for me. And in college for me, I mean, I I was super active in the fraternity. And so for me, it really became an organization that really helped me through it. That's awesome, man. Uh, So, yeah, I also had a similar experience like with my fraternity buddies. Like, becoming family and stuff. Like, I mean, I'd bring them to my house, like my parents' house even, like yep. on the way home. And, yeah, I I had a – I came to Christ when I was in the fraternity. So, I mean, but I, before then, definitely like that family member mentality and stuff. And, dude, I still love a bunch of those guys. Like, I talked to a bunch of them today. Yeah. Um, I, I would like – I know because a bunch of my buddies do listen to it in the fraternity. Like, if you had one piece of advice to give a fraternity kid or even like yourself before – you know, you got out and stuff. 
what would what would that one piece of advice be to like a freshman that's in a fraternity that's trying to follow the Lord? Yeah, man, I would honestly it's yes, it can be super difficult to be part of an organization that that does openly promote partying. But there's so many venues that you can you can not only, you know, help others. It's just it's such a good organization to make an impact. It really is. And is it more difficult? Yes. I mean, but you're you're right in the middle of a lot of times the people that really need someone just to talk to. And sometimes they don't even realize it. Like me, I just, you know, at the time, I didn't even realize that, like, a lot of these guys were helping me through it. Um, but they were there for me, and they continued to show up. Heck, yeah, man. I, I completely agree with the, like, it's such a lost world in the fraternity world, but, man, it's so rewarding, too. I had Hell. a bunch of, um, it, like, the guys that I would share the gospel with and stuff and that really, like, bought into it, man, it was so rewarding. Because I was also, like, I'm a Saul to Paul um, convert. <laughs> so, like, to see some of my fraternity buddies have that same, like, conversion, man, like, I'm with you. Like, it's such a lost place, but some light in a dark place is just amazing. Yeah, and I mean, you think it's the same thing with, you know, we're talking about the fruit, but, I mean, a lot of the times you'll have that conversation with a guy. I can remember having conversations with guys, and, like, nothing changed, but, like, it might be two, three years after college, and we're randomly talking, and they, they came in that, that one conversation we had. You know, that was that was great. I appreciate you just sharing, even though maybe I wasn't ready to listen. But, uh, yeah. So, for you guys, it really seems like, you know, the, the fraternity was almost like a mission field. Uh, Kai, I mean, uh, it, would you say that's accurate? Oh, 100%. Um, I became a Christian, you know, like somewhere between my sophomore and junior year. And I, I remember I told the guy that kind of, you know, led me in that direction. I said, the one thing I'm not going to do is move out of the house. I was like, I'm going to live in the house and I want to share the gospel with the guys in the house. <laughs> At which I also, there were some sinful behind that I was like I don't want to be that weird Christian dude that just goes off the face of the planet um, but there was a lot of love for those guys in there too like still is like I'd yep. I, I do anything for those guys now and like I know some of them list this podcast I really appreciate it if, for y'all that are listening like I do love those guys um, and it was my mission field like I didn't really know anything and it was more my method of madness was okay I'm just gonna quit drinking and or try to quit drinking, it wasn't successful, but it was, I had success in, yeah. that, in that realm, but yeah. it's like, I'm going to do that, I'm just going to invite guys to church. Like, that was my mission field forever, so I, I really enjoyed it, man, and if I could give advice to a freshman that's going there, I'd be like, dude, get ingrained in it. Like, not not the partying necessarily, but, you know, I still went to the parties, yep. I didn't drink, and like, I think it also invokes a bunch of good spiritual conversation, be like, Hey, why are, why are you drinking a water? Everyone else is, you know, doing keg stands. It's like because I'm a Christian, and that's why. Like, I don't want to do that. Like, I love y'all. I'm here for y'all. I'm not here for the alcohol and stuff. So, mm, that's insightful. I appreciate you sharing that, Kai. Uh, so, you got your real estate license in high school. I did. So, what is? How do you? How does that process work? I'm. I'm. I have no clue what the real estate license kind of context looks like so can you walk us through that for anyone that's interested in getting a real estate license yeah so uh, man honestly it's like a two-week course so <laughs> if you can sit through a really boring class for two weeks and then pass a test at the end that has nothing to do with real estate 
you can get your license. Um, high coal, it, it's it's super low barrier of entry. So it has a high turnover rate because people a lot of times are like, oh, I want to get into real estate. And then they get into it and they dabble and then they're usually out in a year or two. Right. It's not an easy business. So when you went to A-State, was the goal to graduate and then go into real estate or what was the, the overarching goal? Yeah, so... It was not. Um, I'd originally, I wanted to graduate in three years and then go get a uh, MBA and a law degree, the combo. But honestly, after three years, I was just burnt out. Um, my last semester, I took 21 hours to finish. And, dude, it was just, I was tired. <laughs> and I actually, I ran into, who did I run into? I don't. I can't remember exactly how it all came down, but um, in the '80s and '90s, my dad worked for Frank Fletcher, and as you know, most people know now, he, he's a car dealership guy. But he used to be uh, one of the original factory reps for Walmart when they started in the what '60s or '70s. But then he ended up transitioning and he started manufacturing things. So my dad was in the manufacturing business till like the 80s or 90s and then of course my parents made the decision do we move to china or do we get out of this business and they chose not to move to china <laughs> good call but anyway yeah, yeah uh so I, I could have been a china chinese guy you know who knows but it'd probably been good to learn some mandarin it'd probably been very beneficial thing back now but I'm also glad I was raised in America. <laughs> Let me go back on that a little bit. Hey, man, that's why we got the American flag right behind right. us. We yeah. love it. I love all the flags. Let's go. Got the South African flag, too, and the Red Wolves. Let's go. Yeah. Uh, but no, so anyway, my mom had called me, and I still didn't 100%. I was, I was kind of like, I can remember telling her, I was like, you know, I want to go to law school, but I'm just tired of school. And she had just, she had talked to Frank the other day. They'd lived across the street. And at the time, and I don't know, he may still be doing this, but I'm not sure if he does. But he had a management training program, basically coaching young guys up. And so he's basically, you know, gets a young guy right out of college, rotates him through a million roles over like a, you know, two, three-year period, and then essentially – uh, at the time, he was buying up a ton of dealerships. So his goal was like, man, after a few years, basically, I'm going to get you a dealership, and then you're going to run it. And that was super enticing. I mean, the the amount of money that can be made is, is insane. It, it really is insane. And so I'd actually talked to a guy named Justin. He was actually running the dealership in Jonesboro. And... I mean, dude, his monthly check that month was more than what my base salary was going to be. Let's just put it that way. So they were doing good. And so anyway, my mom was, I can remember she just encouraged me. She's like, this is going to be a phenomenal opportunity. You know, I don't know if you're going to like it or not, but just like anything, try it and just see how it goes. And so I graduated on a Saturday in May, which I was still pretty tired of school, but I was like, hey, something else other than going to a classroom, this is going to be great. Yeah. 
And uh, I graduated on Saturday and started work on Monday, actually in Jonesboro at Frank's, which he still owns, uh, I'm pretty sure, that uh, Dodge dealership in Jonesboro, and I started there on Monday. Mm. So walk us through, I mean, freshly out of college, you have this new gig. I mean, what were some of the, the things that you didn't learn in class, but you were now learning in the so-called real world? Yeah, nobody really cares what you did in college, so <laughs> they didn't care that I was super active and was a president, graduated magna cum laude. None of the accolades mattered whatsoever, um, and that was a that was an interesting year for me because I was still twenty one years old, but I mean I had a basically on the first place I was at. I I couldn't even tell you what my role was. I can just remember I'm a 21 year old kid. They're like this guy doesn't know anything, and so they uh, definitely put me through uh, the rigmarole hazing routine probably for a few months. I can remember like the second day, Justin played a prank on me, and he was he uh they have a key machine at all these dealerships, and they're like little fobs. You put it down the machine, and he told me to go get key to. D764, which is Dodge Challenger or something. And I was like, man, it's not in the machine. He's like, yeah, but you had it a second ago. Where'd it go? And, dude, I searched that dealership up and down <laughs> for six hours. I mean, he was just playing a prank on me. But anyway, there was a, there's a glitch sometimes in the system, and he purposely made that glitch. And he's like, I bet you I can find it in 10 minutes. Knowing he, he knew exactly where it was the whole time. <laughs> yeah. He just, but he was trying to teach me every single place. Like, same thing. You don't know what you're being taught until after. Mm. And I thought about that a few months later. I was like, it wasn't about the key. He just wanted me to know every square inch of this place. And he wanted me to talk to every single person of, mm. hi, I'm Zeke. I'm new here. <laughs> Do you know where this key is? <laughs> Heck yeah, that's uh, man, that's really insightful too. Like even the aspect of I don't think I've ever even heard that statement of you don't really know what you're learning until after you learn it. Like, yeah, dude, like how many how many times does the heavenly Father, you know, we I, I don't know what he's doing in my life right now, but I can look back and tell you what he did two years ago. hundred like, percent. Oh, that was a good lesson to learn two yeah. years ago. I'm glad I learned that. So I really like that point, man. Well, we are going to learn more about Zeke and the uh, following episode. This has been uh, episode one with Zeke Tanner, and next week we'll be back uh, to learn more about Zeke. Thank you for listening, and we will see you guys next week. Thanks, guys.